Episode six. We're back. Yep. The Quisto Series podcast. We got Big Kurt Geyer. Big Kurt. <laughs> we got Andre <laughs> the Deer Slayer. Yeah, the Kurt Deer Slayer. Deer Slayer. I'm trying. Yeah, yep. and myself. Um, it's epi- a Christmas special. Christmas special. Episode six. We're gonna um, we're gonna dive into a few different things. Uh, we're gonna talk some December and late season tactics. We're gonna talk bow hunting during gun season. We're gonna mm. go over Big Kurt's kill. Um, his yep. target buck, and we yeah. are going to tease some products coming this ATA, some new stuff that's really going to up your game next year in the deer woods. So um, yep. let's kick it off. Uh, uh, ambush? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I forgot. So, so That's what I'm here for, man. So we have hundreds <laughs> of people waiting for the ambush. Production had a little bit of a rocky start. We got it all taken care of. Uh, had a couple main beams that were holes were a little drilled off. Now it's all being machined. Mm-hmm. Uh, high tolerance. Uh, those I beams are going out to the guys who have their stands. The guys who had them just hunted right through the season with the, uh, what they had. Great bunch of guys to uh, understanding. Mm-hmm. And now we are going to put out uh, another 150 uh, limited amount um, of the ambush, and we're producing them now. We should have them ready before the ATA. So get your orders in. And then we don't know what the next uh, cycle will be. We're actually changing manufacturing facilities. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So this will be the last production of 2019. Um, when this episode airs, uh, it will be the release of of ordering. Right. So go but get it, your it will order be a in 2020 if, model. If, yes. If, if, if you've been waiting, yeah. uh, if you've been waiting to get one, um, be sure to get there before they're sold out. Um, yeah. Just to, speaking of the ambush, our next. Show we're going to have uh, Brad Coonert, friend of ours for decades, um, kind of came up with the concept of a stand for saddle hunting. So yeah, um, he's on the team. He has been. Um, this is the Coonert ambush, is what we're. I haven't. I've talked to him before, but I haven't had like a long conversation. So I'm looking forward to sitting down with him and chatting with him about that. Yeah, the whole setup. Hardcore, big big woods, North Woods. Uh, yeah, type so of guy hunting. Um, so Brad, he's going to be our first uh, official guest on mm-hmm. the Dakota Series podcast, and. We're going to go through some backstory and some history with him on how the original, I guess, idea behind hunting from a saddle came from. And um, I know from personally talking with him, he's had, uh, I think he actually um, applied for or had like the original patent on an actual saddle, you know, platform. So like the the whole idea came from. Yeah, that's awesome. Ever? Yeah, yeah. Back in, that was, that would have been. He has some of those first first models yeah. that he made welded up so we'll have yeah, those for you to see on the, on the yeah. podcast yeah we'll get pictures of them and lay them in there and yeah. everything yeah I think a lot of people don't realize that that's been around a while like we we mentioned it before but it's well it's not a new thing this year like what most people mm-hmm. think like it's something that's and he's been doing it forever you know and right but the the actual platform that he had there might have been uh, i think one in the country up till like the 90s when we came out with that first one through oh the really world. yeah so yeah. he he was hunting out of that but I I haven't seen any for sale or anybody else using that type of technology or right. using a regular stand. People so. had back then had to just thought he was crazy. You th- was it that way or I mean you were more used to like that innovative well, new thing. You, to the tree probably stand a recluse. Game. Nobody knew who he was. Right, or who he was. Right, you know, right, right. Come out of the woods one day. I think <laughs> I think kind of the opposite, man. I think I think it was a little bit more mainstream back then, or, that, really? or at least well, I, uh, I imagine it because I I picture guys out there literally you know climbing up two by four stake to a tree and they're just standing on a two by four that's true so it's not like he was some crazy like he had this this revolutionary idea he just had a small little he made a portable yeah i mean but you know until 
you know, he met the old man and they kind of, you know, had the brainchild of like this using dad's technology of the lightweight cast aluminum with his, you know, yeah. that's when like you you got this thing and it still didn't take hold, but like we talked about yeah. last time. It's, we'll have the whole story with yeah, uh, we'll, Brad here. It'll be a good uh, good podcast. That'll be really cool. I'm yeah, and then, we'll, and then we'll even go into some some uh, saddle hunting or, or small stand type tactics too. And he know, also so. has, which we'll be selling through Custom Gear, is a patented uh, type of harness. Like everybody's got these. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so he's got one that has a lower bridge. It's really, uh, I could never understand how a lot of guys were getting it done with the old type of... Uh, Drawing their bow and all that. Yeah, with that in there. Yeah. And with his, you can get up over the top. Uh, it's designed for bow hunters yeah, almost. It's, like. it's a nice steal. We're, we're working on it now. Um, he's actually busy running all over trying to get something ready for the ATA. I so. bet he is. <laughs> so That's come, coming vis- up quick. come visit us there. We'll be there. Um, um, we want to talk about... Big thank you to all the customers out there and yes. podcast listeners that got the setups, use the setups, um, whether you had success or not. We got a lot of pictures of people actually took photos with... Their bucks and all that with the stand sitting in the photo, which is really cool. So another big thank you to all those people who yep. supported us that way. So, yep. I mean, that's the best. That's what you want to see. Well, that's what we got a solid for, you know? customer base. These guys are yeah. um, they're hardcore. Um, yeah, and we uh, just real quick on the ambush too. We did just uh, toss a video up on YouTube, uh, kind of an ambush overview, just a couple little tips and and um, yeah, it sets a, up a little different. A run stands, through so. on actually setting the stand, you know. A lot of our, our, you know, customer base and the people who love the stand and have killed from it, um, you know, contacted us and uh, wanted us to do a video because the camming process on that stand is a little bit different. It cams over very, very tight because it's, you know, the, um, I guess the measurements from, you know, the point of tree to where the belt is just, it, it's so rock solid that you actually don't want to cam it as far as you do a tree stand. So go check that video out and make sure you're setting that up properly a good buddy of mine was setting up and he's like man this thing is so tough he's like he's like it's almost like i can't get it down all the way i'm like yeah you're camming it too much you know lift Mm. it up a little bit so definitely take that into account and um you know check out that that's a simple point though once you know it it's just a quick simple in and out and it packs it packs like you would not believe with those little sticks alongside it now that's a good point though even even with the the 1.0 you know, that's a tool. Get familiar with your tool. Like, you might like it done a certain way when you cam that stand over. Or, yeah. you know, if you just might want to use the top strap and not use that bottom strap, too. I know a lot of guys run them that yeah. way. It's it's a it's a tool that's designed. It's kind of, it's custom. You know, yeah. you, what works for you, you can apply it to that setup and make it the most effective as possible for how you prefer to run things. So, it's worth messing around in the yard and getting yeah. familiar with the products and stuff like that. So, I know that's may might be obvious for most people, but... It does. It pays off big time to practice. Yeah, strap her on and hunt it, like a wolf. It, Just get on the prowl. Yep, it does. You know, and and that's what comes along with even the the configuration and stacking the sticks on the stand. So mm-hmm. there's two grommet holes in the stand, and you can, you know, you can stack your sticks perpendicular to the tree stand. You know, um, those grommet holes are are designed for that, and that's a way to do it. You can flip it upside down. A lot of guys get creative with this, but. You know, what we find most effective is to actually stack them parallel with the with the beam of the stand. So you're only utilizing one grommet hole, but that allows the sticks to kind of pendulum in, hit the center beam, and then once you use the, the integrated hooks on the platform and you cinch it down, like Solid. there is no possible way those sticks can go anywhere. Solid as a and rock. actually, when it's on your back, it evens out a little better. So um, that's in the video too. So if you haven't watched it, go check it out and you'll see exactly how those sticks are stacked on there. And it's just, you know, like you said, one of those things becoming familiar with your stand. Yep. Uh, some people still do like to stack them the other way, but 
you know, that's that's your preference. preference so yep. go check it out and, um, you know, mess around with that. For sure. I think... Um, Anything else we want to dive into before we um, get into the stories? I think... Uh, well, let's. We're going to talk a little bit about you know with ATA right around the corner. We wanted to give you guys kind of the first look at one of the new custom gear products for this year. And you know, before we kind of delve into that, I I wanted to just touch base. And so you know, we've talked about the history of of mobile hunting and mobile tree stands, um, and lone wolf being, I mean, the epitome of that, and the person and company, and you know, with dad and all that who brought that to the industry, you know, and then we talked about, you know, Brad Coonert and we talked about saddle hunting and then the combination and then Lone Wolf is is the the company that brought that to the industry, mainstreamed that and really had that available. So another key another key point or I guess division of, of bow hunting for whitetails that has always been kinda in the mix is filming your hunts and Self-filming. Right? And, and, yeah. yeah, and more particularly, self-filming. So I don't know if anybody is familiar with this, but I'll go on a little backstory about Whitetail Addictions. So Whitetail Addictions was created in the mid-2000s um, by uh, Dad. You know, it was it was the first, you know, I mean, everyday guy bow hunting show. I mm-hmm. mean, it was it, it, it was the epitome of, um, of a working class. Yep. I mean, like... Average it, Joe. Yeah, average sure. Joe. You know, it was the first one of its kind. That show, um, it... It uh, followed different guys in different walks of life and how they managed their addiction to hunting whitetails and how it changed their life. And it was it was an awesome show. And it was um, you know produced by or it was sponsored by Lone Wolf as the main sponsor, and that that held on for a while. And that's what we're trying to bring back. But with the creation of that show, it a lot of these guys, you know, the Lone Wolf mentality is hunting alone. You know, not hunting with people. So self-filming was a huge thing. Like when, you know, back with the, the GL2s and the, the mini DV cameras and, the, and the, even the big rigs. Yeah, yeah. You know, guys didn't want to take a cameraman. They're being mobile. So, big, big oh, yeah. <laughs> shoulder yeah. cameras so, and shit out there. Three other guys in the stand with you. I'm yeah. like, not for me, man. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you get in tight well, with all that? Sometimes, and, sometimes it's and like it's just, impossible. It, it, when, you, when you start hunting like that and then you look at how you hunt with no filming equipment and just a bow and a tree stand you're it's like dude it's yeah it, it, it's completely night and day so well with that you know not to be too long-winded on this but with that you know the self-filming of hunts became very popular guys like adam hayes started doing it he was on whitetail addictions and you know good friend of dad's you know uh so actually long- that was the that was the uh so adam hayes uh co-produced whitetail addictions with me and he was, I think, the first guy I ever let in a tree with me hunting. So he came and filmed me once. And I'm not used to having, um, you know, Someone low profile, <laughs> complete surprise. And now all this equipment, he had a pretty big arm. And I'm, I'm looking at him before sunup, and I'm watching him set this up. And I said, that ain't going to work. <laughs> so in a week, I literally had the first strong arm mini camera arm to him to start utilizing while I was filming. Right. Because it, I mean, it just <laughs> well, wasn't going to work. Just me, use so. this. Man. Which is what I'm getting at. So, you know, yeah. you, have, you have the mobile tree stand. You have the saddle, you have the saddle platform, and now you have the first, I guess, compact self-filming camera arm was was brought to market by Lone Wolf. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not a coincidence that all these things, yeah. you know, uh, are coming from the same place. So, 
This and we went away for ten years, so we weren't filming for a while. Well, yeah, and so and you've it seen was, these other well, companies have come on the scene with some smaller ones. Yeah, th- yep. there's there's a lot of people on there now. now camera arms. There's there's many yeah. companies. There's many different styles. Yep. But if you think about it, for the last six years or so, the arm that we have been running, you yeah, and I, yeah. is 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 spitting image to this almost. Well, right. not spitting image, but. So it's just a fact that, just like the tree stand. Took it to the next level. Well, the, the tree stands that we've been running have been, you know, different. It's just, yeah, we've been, we've been out of the game. We're back into it. So, But this right here is the next big thing. If you are filming your hunts and you are a mobile-style hunter, and you're, I mean, you are not going to want to miss this. So this is the new pocket arm by Custom Gear. So you want to? Yeah. So what is the biggest pain in the ass with arms nowadays? They're, they're bulky. Mm-hmm. The hub's. Trying to put that with your equipment, pack it in your backpack, just clank it off everything, and and I just so get violent when I think about it. So what so I did is I come up with a streamline. This has got the hub. Everything you need is here. One point like six pounds. Um, it's the same length that all the arms are now. Uh, it actually straps to a tree tighter, and it literally will fit in a pocket anywhere in a pack in a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get much later than oh, that. That'll so. fit in the water bottle slot on any any pack. Yes, exactly. So, so yeah, so you guys, you know, you guys see him lift it up, and you see him extend the arm out, and you're thinking, okay, one point, one point six pounds, you know, so just under a pound and a half, and okay, now where's where's the tree attachment? That's what you're thinking. Oh, well, that can't be the weight. What you're not understanding is this is the tree attachment. This is the arm. There is no additional giant big hub that you have mm-hmm. to crank over. And, and There's none of that. on and all that, yeah. This can be strapped with a standard cam buckle used yeah. for the stands, and it can actually be done with the buckleless method if you want. But and here's what's nice about it, too, is instead of having your fluid arm, if you're in fluid arms, mm-hmm. uh, attached to your arm, now you can keep the fluid arm with your camera. And connect the quick connect to the the, the arm, which right. is the bear to put away. You're already putting away a little bulkier thing right. with the arm or your camera. So this is this is gonna. Uh, I've been having yeah. just a, a hell of a time with it this year. It's been just awesome. Well, it's uh, a perfect way. camera arm for the guy who's hanging and hunting a yeah. spot. Once you get up there, quiet, yeah. get after it, and get yeah. down and, and move on. Yeah, to the next it, spot. It, it's the ultimate self filming arm. There there is none lighter and there's none easier to hang and there's none more stable than. Then we filmed we, then our, we got here. our bucks this year with the, with the smaller version, our and, tight arms. So. Yeah, and, you know, and, and keeping the same look and feel, it's all machine cut, you know, out of yep. solid stock. It's very stout, very lightweight. It's right in line with what you'd expect from something that you guys are going to Self-levels, it's got a leveling button, it'll be, it, it's going to just change your, if you're self-filming, it's tough for a guy to self-film. Yeah, yeah. Now, you I, know, I, I'm even going to, I'm even going to interrupt you there. Okay. Even if you're not self-filming, if you're a, if you're a guy who's filming hunts, this is going to cut your setup time down. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. For field producers even out there that want it Even if, yeah, well, if you're with your buddy, too, and let's say you guys just trade off, you know, like, one, you know, he films you, you film him. I mean, I. It's like the stands. They're, just, they're smaller, I was lighter, hunting, more yep. compact, more user-friendly. I seen a guy this year. With an arm? With a, dude. Erector this, set? <laughs> this arm. I don't even. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was one of the mud, muddy arms or whatever. But this thing was obviously built for. I mean, I don't know what it was built for. Overbuilt. Major movie production that had to you know be hanging fifteen feet out of a moving vehicle or something. But I mean, in the contraption that went onto the tree, I mean, I'm 
like the the guy's taking in his hunting gear is like you know a knife, a tag, uh, a tow rope, whatever. And then his and camera arm, arm <laughs> was five times the size of that. He's like, hey, can you get me a full rut pack? Or like one of those old full rut packs yeah. like the XOP's got now. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He's like, I need an extra bag for my for my camera arm. He wanted the entire bag for his camera arm. Yeah, I believe it. And this guy's as mobile as they get. But he's just like hog. So anyway, yeah. you want to check this out? <laughs> if Hey, if you didn't realize too, this is a standard Samsung smartphone. So look at that, in, in, you know, in that'll fit in your pocket, man. I mean, there's, there's. Well, I mean, put that in front of the arm, and you, you almost hide the. <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no yeah. doubt about that. So, um, be sure to check that out. Uh, we'll have in-depth videos on how to hang this thing, how it mounts yeah, to the that's tree. That's a game changer. Um, and, and today, uh, I don't know if you mentioned before, but Whitetail Addictions, we do have. Our guys are self-filming again, and that that's coming back on a our, uh, YouTube mm-hmm. video. So. Yeah, 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 and if and if you are addicted to hunting whitetails and you sell film and you know you're you're so, a running gun type guy, hey, message us. Yeah, uh, we're looking. Send for us you. an application. You know, we yep. are always open to find uh, you know more guys on the team and, and yep. guys getting it done. And and also, I might add too um, for anyone that's maybe doesn't want to be on like whitetail addictions, but you have a podcast, a video production, something like that coming into this year. That's stuff we're going to be looking at doing sponsorships at different levels, from the stand to the ambush to the silent touch slayer join the pack man you know shoot us an email shoot me an email and me and cody are going to be reviewing that stuff over the next year and kind of seeing what direction we want to go so some opportunities there anyway yeah excited about it getting rolling um i guess moving on man i got a quick buck story i won't hammer it too hard yeah no let's hear this man Uh, um, so this is this is technically a december kill yeah oh yeah right so this is kicking off the late season um during gun season, yeah, yeah. Paint us a picture. Take us, take us in there. Yeah, man. So this is a buck. I won't go. I won't tell the full detailed story. That's coming out on the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. But um, just kind of like a quick overview. It's a buck that I've known for a few years. I always called him creepy. He was just kind of a real weird looking buck. I mean, his rack is just you. Could, you could pick it. He out does look light. creepy. It, he's yeah. weird. It, he. I, I just called way. him creepy. It was, a, it was a neat name for him. He's. I always thought something was wrong with him. To be honest, I did. But you spelt it real weird. Yeah, just because I'm an asshole. You just wanted to be. Yeah, a- I'm an asshole. Um, but I knew him, and all you know, the whole working class crew knew him from me. I had a shed from last year and some run-ins with him. Uh, two years ago, he about ran me over, and I have it on video. Like he almost walked right into me, and, and that's why I thought something was kind of wrong with him. Um, he just was a different looking deer, and his rack is just super unique, just wavy. His beams are wavy. His tines are wavy. Carries mass all the way through. Um, had trail cam pictures of him over the summer. Got some into this season. It would have been like Black Friday morning. He busted me. I had him coming in. He circled downwind, yeah. busted me, and I'm like, F- you know, fuck. Blew at me, and then I'm like, uh-oh. So uh, that was that weekend is the weekend in Illinois between the first firearm season and the second firearm season. And now in Illinois, you can bow hunt. Um, if you have a firearm tag, you can bow hunt during the firearm seasons now if you have your blaze orange on and all that. Um, so second firearm season, I saw where he came out of. Um, had a pretty good lead on him, I think, if I didn't bust him out of the area. I went in, threw the stand-up, literally threw the stand-up, and I, I hung it in a, a tree that was kind of kind of a shitty tree to get in. And I honestly say, like, sounds like I'm hard plug selling this, but that stand did allow me to get in there. And, by the way, I felt like shit. I was <laughs> sick. So I didn't want to go. Like, I was searching yeah. for excuses not to go. Um 
drank a cup of coffee, got all buzzed up, and I was like, all right, I'm going. Hung the stand up in this shitty tree, got in there, had two shooting lanes. I knew what spot I had to be in, and I killed him two hours later at 12 yards. And just right underneath me, man. Was, Were you lower? Did you, did you, or did you get high? I was. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. Higher in a tree stand. Yeah, it wasn't high <laughs> uh, when I killed him. But I was like. <laughs> well, tell about the. So there's a little bit of. Uh, I'm leaving a lot out, but. So I was we all got, foot. we've all shot deer during gun season. And there's something about, yeah. you know, a little cocky attitude that, you know. So <laughs> yeah. he's got his story. I'm going to tell you a little bit about mine. I shot a, uh, uh, during gun season, they changed the laws where you could now bow hunt um, during gun. Yep. And out in the swamp, and you can see, you know, blaze orange, all the guys that are out there, sun comes up. And I knocked off a 170, and it, nobody... There was no shots fired that morning. Guys were all out there. They probably never even knew. I mean, I shot my deer and I dragged that baby out. And there's something about, you know, doing yeah. that when those guys all have shotguns in their hands and rifles. Because well, they're and, trying to get, like, if I see one 200 yards and closer, yeah. it, it can happen. And for us, it's like 20 yards and yeah. in. You know, to shoot my bucket 12 yards, well, I know there's it's guys. It's kind of a neat feeling. It's like a son of man. And yeah, it's cool. It's, oh. Cody, Cody did an Illinois buck, too, on film for White Tail Addictions, wasn't it? They, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, hated I, wearing that damn orange vest. I know it was just, it just. You feel like you're dude, just I, waving. I'm going to tell you this as an, as <laughs> it's a, offensive as an early. Yeah, and I don't want to offend anybody, but no. I don't care. Either. It's all in good fun. So yeah. so it's so. But as an early like early on in my hunting career and going out there. Now that you say that, I never. I, yeah. When you right. said it. It pissed me off so much. You didn't want to wear it. <laughs> to wear orange? No, no, it wasn't the fact of like, okay, we we were wearing orange, you know, while hunting during gun season for safety purposes to be, you know, in it, it to be in with, with the law and, you know, do what you had to do. But yeah. when I killed that buck and I wanted and I went to get my trophy oh. picture with that first big buck that I've ever shot in this <laughs> fucking dude is making me put an orange vest on for the photos. Yeah, and then well, then of course everybody's oh. like, "Oh yeah, good gun kill." And I'm like, "Dude, I didn't kill that with a gun." Yeah. Like I was so heated, and and that was my first. That was pr- my first. Well, I didn't want anybody thinking here. that he was hunting without orange, or right? Or you know, right. But and that's why I took my pictures. I, I you know I, I thought you shot that with a gun. Well, I sent the <laughs> photo because I threw it away. <laughs> I delete. Okay. Well, I said I got a problem with a gun. Huh? You're not a social media savvy guy. You're not on the stuff. So yeah. I'm like, oh, you probably hadn't seen my buck because it was on online. And so I yeah. texted it to you. And the one picture that I, the first one I texted you is me with my orange and my bow's not in the picture. And you're like, right. that oh, orange yeah. is offensive. Give me shit. <laughs> so then I text him a picture of me and the orange with the bow. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay. But, yeah. um, now you're back in. Well, <laughs> now I'm, I'm a cool guy again. But It's the same thing with late season muzzleloader. So, you know, you, there's a lot of. That's actually what kind of fires me up about late season two is you got so many guys out there with with equipment now and muzzleloaders nowadays are just insane. They don't need orange yeah. now to late season muzzleloader. Well, no, but I'm, I'm in just Illinois you have to. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking just in general gun hunt, bow hunting during gun season. You know, and and you know, especially when guys are camping out on food sources and they're and they're picking these deer off from long ranges. Yeah, it is just it, it is sort of a cool feeling to sneak in there and. And get you know it does get harder right. late season. You know yep, the right. colder it gets, the the deer you know are on edge. And what what I probably should add to my story because I'm missing out a big part in this. I know someone is probably going to ask. I killed this deer off of food in a pinch point just outside of his bedding area, and he came in. I had some does yeah, bedded you told by me. The story was a good. Uh, yeah, I had some does bedded by me, and he came up to where I thought he was bedded. He popped out right there, came up milled in. Went and bedded down. I watched them bed for 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Stood up, went to go check those does. They were in some uh, pick beans. 
and he was kind of checking them a little bit just to see if they're hot, and he just milled in the eight beans and milled to me, and then basically was like, all right, I'm going to go over here and beeline right in front of me at 12 yards. So when he first popped up, I'm like, okay, now I know he's bedded here, and then I saw him bedded, and I'm like, okay, I mean – yeah, perfect. there it is, yeah. you know, um, and then it just happened to work out. You know, he could have went the other way, but I just was in the right spot, man, and hammered him. Well, you got to pick the right spot. Yeah, so, it I was mean. perfect, man. And the cool thing is, too, is when I shot him, he, where he ran was right back to his betting area. You know, mm-hmm. it just added up. I think where he piled up was, like, where he was better initially. Where you were watching him. Yeah and, yeah, and honestly, where I set the stand up from where I think he was bedded was less than 100 yards, I'd say – I'd say eighty-ish yards. Yep. So it was it was perfect, man. Yeah, so, yeah. You can't. That's creepy's dead. Got to so, be on it. Should we segue into a little bit of December hunting, or what's the next one that we wanted to? Yeah, I think so because so uh, we're right on it almost. With um, yeah, roughly a month of hunting left for a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, some a little longer, some a little shorter. Um, coming into January. Could be um, some of the best hunting a guy would have if he's got the right piece of property, to tell you the truth. It's a good thing our January shot with trade shows. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, you, know. you know. I never Christmas, won- I Christmas never- holiday spirit, you know. It's going to cost I- me five days of hunting this year. It sucks to have uh, to spend time with your family. But I do don't. enjoy the holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sarcastic a little uh, bit? No, I mean, it's. Well. I was never around for holiday season when these guys were growing up, but now I got grandkids and I got mom. Yeah, well, <laughs> grandkids are a little. We're gonna than... we're gonna put our time in, enjoy the holiday season. Yeah. When right now I know there's you know Boone and Crockett's running around with, <laughs> coming out early and pretty. So so when Cody was a little a little tyke, you were just out in the woods hunting on Christmas I, morning. Just... Dude, uh, I've shot bucks Christmas <laughs> Eve, Christmas Day, and and those are the days you know the season was winding down. I had to be yeah. there so. I wasn't about to to give her up. Um, I was right. about to spend time with my family. I, you know, I was about to <laughs> <laughs> screw him. I bought him his gifts. That's all he needs, right? Yeah. Actually, did we get your gifts that year? Let's <laughs> say, Cody. How was your childhood? Did you have a good a good upbringing in, in the that's holiday a whole, season? That's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. I just want to uh, get down well, to the nitty gritty of a big buck killing family because there's something to it. Apparently, maybe I should do that. With my kids, yeah, just... and it's even you know, it's it's funny you say that. <laughs> I'm kind of you know? being a butthole right now well, just I'm, to get a rise out of you, but it's not working. I'm sure what? I've probably gotten. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say something. When you, we should do an episode. When we have Ashley on sometime. I'll show you some art she did in school. Mm-hmm. You talk about a deer hunting family. Yeah. Of what an eight year old put on ink and brought to school. It's it's amazing that. Um, well, I remember for for show and tell, like I used to bring like <laughs> just big ass bear skulls and like no just shit. racks and and we're in the middle of the city. Yeah, and, oh, right, and, yeah. and like people are up like, in Milwaukee. What? You know, your son's got a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm wearing like what's the problem? You know, the Dahmer craze just ended, yeah. and then you're bringing dead shit into Dude, class. I'm wearing like you know, <laughs> hitting home a little bit in Milwaukee. Camo huh? coming in there. I remember t- you know carrying like two big deer. Well, I thought they were big. They were. They probably weren't huge or anything, but yeah. they were bear skulls, you know, just right. teeth. Well, for people in the you know bear bear claw necklaces, you know, and I'm just walking. They're like, "What the hell? Like, what, you That's guys awesome. are wild." But you know, I mean, even getting into yeah, I mean, so it, teachers it's, weren't at the hunting. Of, no, <laughs> I bet not. I family. bet not. Yeah, no, it's so. but yeah, you it. Oh, track where we're at now. Well, no, it's I just well, what I was you know going being back a to. being a family, like you said, being you know coming into it like that. It yeah. was always norm, just like even to me. You know, it was Norm him. And we work full always. time, so the holiday seasons you had a hunt. That's when you had yeah, off, your time you know? off. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and even now, you know, as I'm, you know, coming older, you know, I got my own kids and stuff, and I I find myself always in in the woods, you know, and it's it's well, it's, it's, it's not, what it is is that you're you realize it more when when you're not at home because it weighs on you a little heavier. Well, 
it it but see that's the thing you know it it weighs on you but then in a way it weighs on me differently than it would a normal person because it's just what i know so in right, a way in a right. way it's good and in a way it's bad i mean i i you know so you, you have your priorities and you try and so you think you're never more weighed conscious on me. of it? it never weighed on me i was just sick yeah i, well, I wonder the bug, then you know because that you know you raising cody so does it weigh on you differently because well, what i'm saying is like i want it to weigh on me like more than it actually does but i think it's just you know when you're you know, if you're beat as a kid, you know it might not seem that that odd to get beat when you get older. Not that I was, I'm, not, I'm just I making, get, a, get, making. I, a, I get what you're saying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it, the there's definitely a different correlation there. Like when you when you grow up in an environment, it's gonna seem like the norm to you. So yeah. to whereas somebody might be like, oh man, you yeah, know, you like, I need to. Your mom grew up in that same thing. So we, we, the family was, you know, when she was born it was in November. Yeah. Where do you think her old man was in November? Just hunting. Opening hunting. gun season up Wisconsin. Wasn't there for her birth. Right. So if, if, right. if I did some things wrong, <laughs> that guy's done some wrong too. Right, <laughs> you know right. I mean? That's Yeah, that's really interesting to think about that. Communion, gone. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that, you know, that's hardcore a, a deer hunters, we, we run, the family kind of gets drugged through a lot of it. Our wives get drugged through it. But the thing is, you need su- a supportive old lady at home. Like, if uh, my wife well, wasn't cool with it, nope. I wouldn't have been able to tag out my bow this year. I mean, right. both your there, guys as old ladies. You if know. you have the support, it's a, it helps in your success. Yeah. I have probably three friends that have got divorced over hunting back I in can, the 80s. And, it, and I it, it was, it. they just wouldn't give it up. Yeah. And the, the wives wouldn't. Give in, and it was a um, well. They a can't month. expect to change you and what you're into, you right? Know? But it's you know, I know it was selfish back then, but it was like you just you didn't see that you were just you're dedicated so to in your, tune uh, to what your addiction you're was. You're passionate. You're yes. so passionate about it. Nothing's going to stop. You I from apologize. It. Here on public forum, <laughs> I was going to say I thought you were going to pull a Conor McGregor. I apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Oh, man. But that's interesting. Wow. That probably has a lot to do with, and we're going to get to late season hunting, but this is, I think this is kind of an interesting big buck psychological thing is I think Cody with that experience growing up, you could have won either way. Like you could have either not as been into hunting as much or you're going head first right into it the way you did. Do you know what I mean? Well, kind of? Does that I make sense? I let them go. I, I, that's you guys on your own. I didn't push it really. No, and I think that there's just, I don't know what it is, but I look at like my brother, I got a brother. Yeah. You know, he's he's not too much younger than me, but he grew up in the same fashion, I suppose. Maybe a little different, different remove, but doesn't hunt at all. Yeah. At doesn't, all. He loves to fish and shoot guns, though. But he's, but he's doesn't hunt, huh? Doesn't hunt. You know, he hunts turkey a little bit, but not like we do. I'm mean, more. It, I, I does think he live it, in Milwaukee. Yeah. There's more really? of a. Yeah. I, I think you know when you get the perfect storm, you know, like you said, the, the way you, you brought up, but when you have a passion for something, and you have like a drive, like, you know, some people have a drive, some people have less of a drive and yeah. it's just, it's a way of. And both the kids, when I introduced them to at young 12, you know, right away, I think Ashley walked away from it a little bit. I did not do it like my old man did with me in football and stuff. Just pound you to do force it. Force you to do it. Yeah. And they walked away and they came back on their own and they are yeah. just as addicted as I was to the did sport. You, did you feel that it was a little more fragile with, you know, Ashley being a girl trying to push her into it or do you think it was? I watched her take a pitchfork and finish off a uh, possum in a trap when she was eight. <laughs> and you knew and that. No, I didn't think there was going to be a problem with her. <laughs> yeah, I would say not. You're like, all right, built for it. Yeah, That's funny. So, and, um, well, cool. I don't know. I just thought I, that was really interesting. That was I yeah. like getting into that kind of like psychological. And Cody, weird, once like, he up. once he discovered one, I think he shot your first buck in Illinois, that Pope and Young. Once I just seen it in his eye. I said, 
this, it's Hooked. over this guy's yeah i got it now dad and then it's been buck after buck after buck ever since yeah so that's awesome just let them go on their own and do it you know and yeah that's cool man what attached me was watching hunting videos and then i, I just gun hunted like my first year mm-hmm. and then i just like got so hooked and obsessed with like watching hunting videos and yeah. then going hunting when i was young and then that snowballed into me his just, first experience weren't you underneath a tree stand i had a, a shot one with a shotgun to just get you yeah, I was laying, was laying at the, the, laying at the yeah. base of the tree. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. We had a. We actually had a. Did we have the dog with us? I don't know. Or maybe it was in the well, truck. We're gonna, we were going to use him to track it, but yeah. yeah, I was laying at the base of a tree, and he shot a doe with a shotgun at like ten yards. Blood all over my face. No, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know if it was traumatized. I don't know if it. But I was just like, oh, you know, it was. It was how'd definitely. You, how'd you like that? <laughs> that's funny, man. So. My dad has high eight tape footage of. Uh-huh. Him in a tree stand and me in Blaze Orange, like passed out underneath a log, like asleep. Like <laughs> I got some of him. Yeah, though. just he's like filling me. He like, said I wasn't asleep. I was just I was resting my. Yeah. I was laying low. Laying I was low. being stealthy. That's what I was doing. Yeah, that could be a whole show too. That's, yeah, it is. Well, um, I guess right now for those guys that have this last month okay. or so to get after it, I mean, food is obviously food, on food, number one, probably food. And then yep. food. It's. Um, <laughs> It's all about food late season. And then, get and then when, <laughs> and then after that, food. then it's food. It's food. Um, well, okay. So years ago, we didn't have the long seasons we had. Mm-hmm. Not the hunters. I used to love late season. Nobody had the balls to get out there in that weather. The season was over, and these big deer thought the season was over, mm-hmm. and they would just loosen up, yeah, and start coming out early and doing their normal pattern, and a couple of us guys that were out there right to the end, Christmas, right on through the New Year's, we were scoring big. And then eventually guys seen it, hey, I'm missing a oh, big shit. part of this. Yeah. But it was weird. Now it's like guys are out there. And it early, same thing, you know, warm weather, guys wouldn't be there. Um, guys are out way before the season starts scouting already, and they're way right up to the end, um, yeah. extended season. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. But if you got the right piece of property and there are some food sources – uh, it could be some of the best enjoyable hunting. Yeah, I know a lot of guys like our buddy Ross Bigger. He waits for late season. Oh, it's just... that's his time. Um, okay, so we talked food. Mm-hmm. What would be the number one food source if you had to put one above all the others? Depends on how nasty it is. Yeah, right. Cold, we've, cold. We've, we've like noticed season weather. We just talked uh, mild weather to greens, mid range corn. It seems like they just move according to that and nasty cold, cold. Beans, standing beans. beans. And if, if you got a standing bean field late season with snow on the ground, everything else covered up, it, it's... It's almost sad. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> like, I mean, you and know... And then if sitting over with a muzzle, or that's just unethical. Well, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's cheating. <laughs> well, but... Um, I don't know. It, it... You know, call me soft, but man, I mean, it... Sometimes, you know, when it gets... When it gets nasty... I mean, in like last year, you look. I mean, oh, do we had negative thirties last year in January yeah, for like a week and a half span or something like, like actual that? Actual temperature, yeah. You know, and I've heard a negative sixty-five. Remember that story? Here, here we, geez, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the Arctic Circle. Let's go. You know, yeah, when we started Illinois. when we started talking about cold weather, I was literally in you my know. mind. I'm like, please don't. Bring <laughs> they up. ought to know this. Please don't bring up the freaking. Has anybody ever bow hunted in weather with a windshield of literally negative sixty-five below zero? I have not. Okay, I've hit. What was it, 40? Negative 40 yeah, that one were, year? Yeah, you almost 40. died that day. No, I didn't. Well, anyhow. <laughs> so the coldest... Walking uphill the both coldest, ways. Yeah, I know, that's exactly what this the is. The coldest right here. weekend that's exactly what this in is. Illinois <laughs> record, I just happened to take a week off and go hunting, and I went down there and hunted the whole week. And let's talk about food. 
yeah. and sources. Going down there with the mentality, I'm going to look for cut cornfields that still got deer in them, mm-hmm. a food source early and late. And man, I had to react in two days. Nothing moving from sun up to nine. Nothing moving from three till dark. So cold, these deer were just laid up, conserving energy. Hiding. And I got out, I scouted, and midday on the creek bottoms, mm-hmm. you got down in there out of the wind and the sun. It almost, well, it's 60 below zero, you know, right. with a windshield. It felt warm down in there. And dude, monster bucks loaded up midday, hitting on lichen, uh, green, you know, lichen that was on that creek bottom mm-hmm. and feeding on it heavy. And it was like a freaking paradise down there. I score one of my biggest biggest deer. Two degrees uh, below zero was the high at noon for the day, wow, and everything else was intense. just cold. But food, food, food. Right. It was all about food then, too. Well, that last year when we had that brutal cold, uh, one of the last podcasts we did on working class, we had Dana Pace on. He said he found a deer, a, a, a doe that looked like she was just frozen in time, like froze to death, bedded up, like all curled up like a, like a, like a dog laying down. and. So that just shows you what well, they go through. So you know that. Sorry. No, go ahead. And small deer got to eat. That, that happened. Right. That happened uh, in northern Wisconsin a couple of years ago. It got so cold, and then there was so much snow, and then the they snow. had a melt. So then they couldn't reach the browse line. So oh. then, then it got really cold. Deer oh. were dead everywhere. That's like, sad, man. They were finding them on snowmobile trail. Like oh. you know, it, it's rough and, out there. And that, more than like, the cold, what a deer is when the. Uh, snow and when the forge that's on the ground that they have to get to roughage gets frozen yeah we had that a big kill on our property had an ice storm froze up four inches of ice a deer could not get to anything green to eat and they just they just died you know let me ask this because i know this question is going to come up from um some (laughs) listeners and viewers um it kind of goes back to some of the early season podcasts that we did about you know the whole morning afternoon thing is just how guys the general census is not to hunt mornings in October, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I feel that it kind of goes back into that, yeah, yeah. into the late season. Good um, information. Do you think, but, I mean, are you going to skip your morning hunts? I'm, I'm kind of playing. Absolutely I, not. I'm playing devil's advocate no, here. So don't mornings are phenomenal late season. Um, <laughs> but here's what you <laughs> get. Here's what you get going with. Uh, <laughs> so the horribleness about early October, the humidity and the scent control. Right. Just the opposite late season. The colder, the drier, the nastier, them son of a guns, you can, you can beat their noses. They're, yeah. Well, you can't beat them, but you can really manipulate and you can get away with more because there's not that scent factor as much. Right. So that's a plus to that. Then going back into that same scenario, you know, betting to feeding area, it's uh, – it, I love late season hunting. I always have. Yeah. Um, I just know guys are going to ask that question. You know, it always goes like, "Well, you only hunt them in the afternoons because you're well, going to hunt that the, last the, hour see, of the day." No. Here's here's that that common misconception too. Like, you know, a lot of late season guys are, you know, most loaders big on late season. A mm-hmm. lot of people are in blinds late season because they can't handle the cold, and a lot of them are just sitting on food sources. So, yeah. if you are sitting in a blind on a food source, well, that's going to be your, yeah. your your prime time is that last hour, and you're right. reaching out to touch them. But do but you talk f- talk about them soybeans now? You watching in late season if you get a really nasty weather where it's sub sub below zero, those deer are feeding those soybeans till nine ten o'clock in yeah. the morning. You got all the time in the world to slide in behind them and set up under bedding and get them coming off the field it's right it's way better than uh, in your guys's experience do you find that the deer when it gets brutal cold like that bed closer to the food or do you think if a buck's got this bedding area that he likes that he sticks to that's kept him alive will he go say it's a little further off the food 
um, when it's that late and that I cold. think the cover is less in, in, in later. In like in October, they can bed where they feed because there's really thick cover and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I still think they make the full full, the full run on this property and they'll yeah. go. Yeah, the, I don't That's think it, that they won't, matters. Yeah. What's it, they'll get up a little earlier. I yeah, think they want to get moving. They want to get out there. Because in my head, and I feel like a lot of people, and I think that I'm to fall to a lot of this, I have – like this hard, rigid way that I learned how to hunt from just like what I've learned from mm. other influence outside of my own experience. Um, and I feel like that's why I like asking these questions to you guys because you guys don't have that outer influence. It's just what you know. Because mm-hmm. you always hear when guys in other media, other podcasts, uh, hunting shows, all that, that they're bedding right on their food when it gets that brutal cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know if you guys you guys I believe that, that they just don't move as much. Uh, in that cold part of it, and when it when it eases up, but I wanted to put a tip out that I just when you were talking, I wanted to make sure we, we forget. Yeah. Well, what I've discovered, and we we can do this because we observe we we have deer that winter on this property. Your biggest mature deer, for some reason, to me. So if you got, let's say you got sixty five head of deer out in the field, you got standing beans, you got corn, and you got clover mm-hmm. under the snow. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. I noticed the biggest deer prefer over everything is green roughage. And I don't know if it's because the age class or what it is they need in their stomach, but I've had already out here where uh, we'd have 65 head in a deer wintering. Mm-hmm. You can watch them, and there'd be three just slammers, and all of those slammers are digging through the snow, eating the green. Majority of the other bucks in that, and don't get me wrong, they still go into the standing beans and feed. Yeah, yeah. But they want and need that green roughage that's, that's, really interesting. that's under there, so that's preserved. You know? and, mm. and alfalfa doesn't get it because that goes dormant and dead. Clover's right. a big one for that. Clover. So um, uh, that's really. Have you noticed that? I don't know. I've, I've just something uh-huh. I keyed in on over the years. So yeah, I mean, I think higher protein I don't, level probably. Or uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. It's interesting. Like, in the late season, if if I always find myself making mistakes when I look at food like that, and then yeah, you have them all out. In the, exactly, and I think to myself like, oh well, shit, they like this. So <laughs> I don't try and I don't try and I guess analyze it that deep. If it's cold and you got standing beans and there's now if you got to check, I mean if if your if your clover's near your beans, yep, then, then you're in. That's the, where I'm at. Then, then you're in the, the then you're in the game, the you know. But one thing that like you know, I've had a lot of luck late season, um, in the mornings, in the evenings too. But I think in the evenings they want to get out, but uh, an overlooked food source, uh, locust pods. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, don't know, I don't know how I missed that. Black locust pod. We talked about that on, a, on another po- on so working huge. class. It's a very overlooked food source that gets hammered when it gets cold and late, and when you have deep snow. Look at our best bedding area up here. Um, All honey well, locust trees. If 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 you ask, see, is I, it honey I, locust or black locust? That do the well, there's different types of locusts, yeah. but they're honey locust trees, and there's different. I, I don't know exactly. They eat the pods, the yeah. beans. Yep. But yep. if you if you actually look, I think from from all the different farms that I've hunted, you can you will actually I've found that the more substantial bedding areas are for reason. I think near, there's where they're bedding where near they're those locusts. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, if you have a it, like, we were talking co- about crop fields before. He's yes, talking about. I'm now, talking about other torta food sources, mm-hmm. but you know, really harsh shit weather snow mm-hmm. when them deer yeah. aren't moving like when they were in that cold you know when he's talking yeah. about so like you get in there and find where those locusts are dropping so that, what, and what are we right, finding uh so could be a jackpot in yeah. that uh we have a big property with a lot of hedge and a lot of that thick stuff that yep where they winter those deer were literally for days you'd go into a spot fresh snow and you'd see a big circle the size of this house mm-hmm. with deer shit piss beds and no trails coming in and out 
and a big buck just sitting there parking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any buck that you shoot in, in uh, Illinois, I would the next time you gut them, throw their bellies open, I'll bet you're going to find them big green beans that are in those honey locusts. It's a major staple diet for them down there. Yeah. Uh, for, the, you know, for, the, for the adult, bigger, bigger deer, it seemed yeah, like. You right, know, so. yeah. That's interesting. And I never, That's cool that you keyed in on that because that would have been a big one we'd have missed. Yeah, I knew, I knew deer ate the, those locust pods a lot. Because you ever, like, they just have a unique smell to them and you crack them open yeah. and stuff like that. But I've seen and they eat them eat early, them. too, even when they're... Yeah, I've yeah, seen deer yeah, eat them in October. Yeah, yep, yep. Late yep. season. When or? I first saw a deer eat those, I actually had a stand in a locust like that that had the pods on it. And I was, I was a younger bow hunter, but maybe 15, 16, and I saw a deer with a whole pod in its mouth. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I didn't hell? realize they ate those. Yeah, but that it, buck up there, that ate, was shot late season, uh, second from last day of Illinois season. Its belly just... Really? Loaded with those big just green pods. Just living in the it. The beans, huh? yeah, the, the bean part of it, yeah. That's you know, cool. Another thing, too. That's an overlooked food uh, source. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a... That's Majorly a, overlooked food source, I could yeah. probably say that. It, it definitely is. Um, and I think in the when they're hitting those hard, it, they're normal. It's nasty. Oh. They're norm- yeah, it's nasty, and they're normally so concentrated in those areas, so it's a really good, like... Yeah. Like, you, you well, know... Okay, another thing, the bump and dump on that. Dude, well, that is that is so easy. So, <laughs> well, yeah, well let's, you know where they're going to go. Well, no, let's, you knock them off it. They yeah, go right back yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah. I, I get really what you're saying, <laughs> but that was my next point. My yeah. next point was when you find these areas, though, like, you know, these frequented food sources, whether it's a bean field or whether it's a, a little, you know, bottom in the middle, you know, on a creek bottom with, you know, uh, you know, like green coming up or, or you know, and lichens, um, yeah. or pods, honey locust. When you get in those, like, you better have your fucking game hat on because, like, when there's that many deer frequenting that little area, you know, you got to get them out of there somehow. So you got to get them, you know, you got to get in there to hunt it. But you better... Don't be bashful about that, though. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, there's so many guys that fail. Like, they might find this good spot, but they go, uh, you know, they tromp it out and they get in there to hunt it. But you got to be stealthy, too. There's a lot of eyes. There's a lot of deer. You're beating a lot more more eyeballs at that point in time, you know, and... And like he gets into with a, yeah. If a we deer just, is eating that food that consistently, you can be pretty safe to don't. say that if you if you get him out of there, he's gonna come back. He needs that. He likes that. He's doing that. So yeah, we don't push, overthink it. Push those. Oh, so Justin Hollinsworth, he's a uh, affiliate of ours and heads up the Whitetail Addictions. Uh, mm-hmm. He's hunting Illinois and uh, in the in that similar type scenario. Uh, he went down there and kind of did the same deal where you you stack an area and he he could not believe the caliber and amount of deer that just piled right back in where he just blew him out of it. He set yeah. up and almost closed the deal on a, a net boon of Crockett that year. So that's awesome. We'll get into more. You know, we'll have him on and some other yeah. people who've experienced the bump that, and but, dump topic is um, going to be a full blown podcast yeah. here coming up. That's a highly requested. And it's one. so different on different types of year, but here's yeah. where you can uh, really, really capitalize on the late season. So, so food, food, food and for late season success. Keep in, yeah. keep in mind if, if, your neighboring property has about six guys hunting with muzzleloaders. You might yeah. want to, you might want to keep that to a minimum. You know yeah. that's, the, yeah, you when know it, one when thing. Rome, man, one, it was the Romans. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> well, one one thing I wanted to point out with there, a lot of guys. I, I get a lot of questions from people who get fired up about the bumping up or get fired up about you know bedding areas or or scouting or doing this or or stand setups like trying to kill a deer. Like they come, they really want to kill one on their bed that they found and a lot of people fail and I get a lot of, and, and they don't understand why oh, they're yeah, doing they it. The there is a lot of stipulations to these things. Like you do not want to go 
try and stack your property when it's shotgun season and you're bow hunting during shot. That is not a tactic you want to do. Then please listen to me. Do not do that. Like like do not try this. Well, I'm serious because, dude, in a lot of people's deer get killed like this, and a lot of people are so obsessed with getting near the like they want that bedding area kill or they want that bump and dump that they're constantly hammering an area, and they're finding the right spot. But they're not paying as, as much of a mind as how am I setting up in this spot to not get busted when he comes yeah. back in. And those deer don't come back. Well, that's because, a more aggressive bump and dump. So, Well, but, yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm, right. You know, you, you have to analyze your situation and just because. So I just talked to a customer who hunts down in Florida, and he said he shot one last year. On the, he called it a bump and dump. What he did is he was in scouting, bumped a, uh, a couple of bucks and some does, and he noticed, just like we talked about before, that none of them were running off or moving around. Mm-hmm. And he thought, you know, I heard before about this, you know, I think I'm just going to set up right here. Sets his stand up, and sure as shit, a bigger buck comes in. Those deer didn't leave. There's a doe in heat somewhere there. Yeah. And he, he shoots a nice buck. So, you know, where normally he said I would have, after knocking all those deer out of there, I would have never thought about just hunting there. I figured I messed it up, and I'm going to go find a new spot. Right, well, yeah. and that's a whole different, yeah, different than what that's he's, a whole different state of mind. Yeah. You know, like right in that area, in that time, I guarantee the rut was going on, and yep. he bumped into a hot yep. group of does. Well, yeah. you can bet your ass another buck is going to be coming and yeah, gonna get those. They don't care. Men. They don't you care know? that you're there. Actually, so. that, yeah. that that's a different. That's what I'm saying. That's another, that whole, that's another whole podcast. We, yeah, we go back into situational events, and it, every situation is different, and you can't, you know. Late season, we, we've all killed big deer late season. Mm-hmm. My biggest deer I've ever shot was late season. Late, I think it was the day before I left for ATA. But like that situation was completely different than uh, you know many other late season yeah. situations. And would I have went to go try and, and stack you, that deer somewhere? Absolutely not. No. Like like you know, yeah. it's just. And if you got four of the guys hunting your lease or, or and a deal, you can't. The, you're not kind of told them. when nobody's out there. You can go. You can get a little aggressive like I used to, but yeah. do not be messing around with your other guys around there because you might get shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So, it well, gets, another guy, uh, Clint Casper, is a late season dude. He'll he'll pull it off. We try to get him to come to ATA, and, mm-hmm. and you know, one year we. I th- he, yeah, I talked to him. He's pretty hard. He's uh, killed some slammers. He's a guy. wiry mofo, man. He's he's wound for sound. <laughs> he is. He's yeah. he's passionate, but. Two years ago, the dude had a piece of glass like stuck in his foot, like all infected. Was like hobbling out to the stand, skipped ATA because of it, but mm. went hunting. Hobbled out like one foot, got in a tree and killed a slammer. <laughs> so he got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, his foot is healed and he's after he's after a big boy right now. So cool. I'm hoping yeah. uh, he's supposed to come to ATA, but I'm like, hey, I'd rather go kill a big buck than be at ATA yeah, with all of us idiots. So that's crazy that they have that during that time of year. Um, I don't know why they do it, but. I mean, and that's the thing. You got to be out there. Yeah, you got to brave the elements, you know, and you got to yeah. Make it in February. Yeah, ATA. yeah, yeah. It doesn't make um, sense. Do we want to? I mean, what else do we do? We miss on late season. I mean, food, food, food. Um, man, hopefully it gets cold here. Ah, uh, be careful of the old shoot your deer and it runs off and it falls over and both the antlers are laying on the ground. Oh, oh shit, man. yeah. Oh, I've seen that happen two, three times oh, already. People that's... send that in on the working class pages. They go to grab it and drag it out. If you're going to, I mean, I don't, don't even want to hang on to the deer. Don't scary. hang on the antlers, but, um, um, that's scary. Yeah. You know, what's criminal about that too. People are shooting and filling their tags thinking they're See, shooting a doe and it's a shit, monster buck, buck yeah. that shed. So be careful yeah. on that. You know, I would rather have a season end early. Yeah. I'm thankful that uh, one of the counties I hunt does not have a late doe season, Yeah, which is great in Illinois. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, he, I have he mixed looked, opinion. Or mixed. He looked at me with that. I've shot, I shot one 
that literally ran off and knocked his antlers off. That's got to be. Did you get the antlers? Oh, oh yeah. no, they were st- so yeah, right there. When I, I mean, oh, right where he this, fell. Yeah, this was. Oh, they were saying he like was running to die and no, knocked him no. off, and you had the, to go find him. This is late season, down the wire. You know, everything's. You know, there was a big change in in um, in temperature, so Weather just switched up. But it was just you know, like typically, you know, I think personally, the later it gets, you know, the more mobile you can be, the better. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who camp out, but at that particular year, there was a couple other people hunting the farm. And they were camping out on those food sources, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Uncle uh, Uncle Todd. You know, I mean, he was just, you know, yes, it was late, yes, it was cold, and he was convinced that there was going to be beans or there was going to be deer on this bean field, and he lived and died by that. You know, yeah. and those deer weren't coming to that bean field; they were coming elsewhere. Well, I got on the green; that's where the deer were going, and I was being active and moving. And I, you know, I hung a stand and there was a deer I was watching and he comes through and I just 10 ringed him at like 10 yards and he runs right over a little rise. I'm like, oh yes, you know, uh, low, <laughs> low, low seventies deer, you know, like yeah. come and, over to rise and no deductions. Like, <laughs> like Ma? he's going to be like, you know, you're thinking like, man, he <laughs> might net 170. Like he's that close. I come over the hill and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, he's so narrow. Like no, no, he had a wider, and I look, and he <laughs> fell on the left side and just knocked his left side off. Uh, oh, I so, thought it was both sides. No, it was just oh. one side. So he's sitting there, and he's so he looked like this on the ground, and I'm like, oh my god, he's like a basket 170. Like, what the hell's going on? And, no shit. But then, yeah. So then, I, I actually have a picture where I have a video where I'm holding him because, like, you know, and you could see the placement, and then I just lift one side. You know, and oh it's just, man, oh, I got a good one too with that. Uh, so, but I mean, damn. Talk about a kick in the nuts! Out. Yeah, what a bummer. And so, did you mount him? Did they anchor him back into the skull plate and all that? Um, so I never had him actually mounted yet. He's still. It's just a one seventy. Yeah, you know, he's well rattling antlers. When you huh? get to a point, Kurt, you got to start picking and choosing what you want to put on your wall because it's like you don't. You well, got a lot more wall space. Put now. half on that I one of little space there and half on that little spot. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. now you I can take him out. I can and split them up. So I wish I had the set of antlers that uh, remember no. the uh, Titan. No, the uh, um, Titan. What do we call the one there with that? Oh, the fridge. Titan? It's a s- seven point. Titan. That's like one sixty eight. Should we pull in your buck from the season? Got, so we got the shed. So I had uh, animals hunting on a lease with me once, right? So and he's hunting a field edge, and his deer's around, and he's gonna he's going after. It's a big, heavy, just a massive freaking frame. He you has mean, the deer come by him in the morning, right under your stand. He could have shot it, and I'm like, dude, that thing had its antlers the other day. We walked out. In the bean field around the corner of the woods, and both halves were laying right. No shit. Right in the field. I mean, talk about shit luck, you know. <sighs> one more day, or if it would just hung on him a little bit longer, right. or if you knew the dang thing was over there, you'd have shot that one. And it is a risky him, time of year, man. It's kind on, of a you know? gamble. Yeah. And, and by the way, when we get into sh- uh, doing a shed hunting podcast, I got the perfect guy for a guest, uh, Mr. Dana Pace. We just had him on working class. He's a shed, shed guy. Guru. Yes, he's a monster in the oh, shed yeah. game. Um, hey, thinking of it, we have the skull plate of your buck from this year. Do you want? Chandler can bring him in here yeah, if you want to show him in frame. Gra- grab him, Chandler. We got Mr. Austin Chandler behind the <laughs> scenes here. You can't see him, but he's there. He is. You can feel his aura. He's behind the scenes. Yeah. Bring her on in. You can get in, you can get in front of the camera. It's all right. People will be okay if you're holding a 200-inch rack. There you go. So this is the third third self-filmed buck. We talk about you know self-filming again and stuff, too. So uh, you'll be able to see this one on the White Tail Addictions. Um, yeah. Um, 30 inch beams 30 and a half on one and 31 on the other which is um on on unheard of so um, <laughs> it's got like six inch long or you know tines on the, or main beams on each side so it's crazy but yeah so that was a good uh 
Good Kill will be all on video, and uh, and we have tons of footage. I figured uh, that was worth pulling into the pictures, shot. Pictures with um, uh, the undercover game camera. Yeah. We thought that deer was probably in the 180s. Yeah, I remember talking to you about it. You guys were showing me the footage of him. Oh, well, we overlaid some footage on yeah. one of the last When I had it on the ground, I looked at it like, man, this thing's going to push oh, yeah. you know, 90s. And then when I got a tape to it, I'm like, holy shit. 204? I, I knew 204 and, uh, I knew it was easy, easy 190. Like, there's well, no. Well, you weren't telling me that. <laughs> no, I did. We, we talked about that. You should probably pass him, Dad. Yeah. Should probably pass him. Yeah, you um, hey, one thing I want to close this podcast out with. So we teased the last episode, um, and this is like listener request that people mm-hmm. want to hear the story about your overnight stay <laughs> in a stand to try and kill a buck the following morning. Right. Okay, and we don't have to stretch this out if you don't want, but I'm just curious – what made you say I have to stay and stay the night in this stand? So I'm hunting a a slammer of a buck, and it wasn't an overnight stay. It was get in there at like so. I kept trying to get in. A couple of uh, third shift uh, police officers gave me a lead that I was hunting a property, and they said, "Man, there's a just a monster every morning in this marsh mm-hmm. standing there." So I go and I, I scout and I'm hunting it, and I kept trying to get in on this deer, and I get in there and I I bump a monitor. And I'm like, well, you must be getting there, you know, a little early. And yeah. I come a little bit later, and I I bump them out of there. So I was getting to the point. I mean, I was getting there at, you know, a couple hours before sunup, and not getting it done. I thought, you know, damn, that's I've got in my head. If I could get to that field on that edge where he goes in before he's there, I'm going to kill this buck. I'm going to get him. How big is this deer? You think? Ah, uh, back then it was maybe close to Boone and Crockett. You yeah. know, it's just a big, 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 a big and boy. back then that was a. The yeah. state record was like 170 back then. So, well, putting Crockett's worth um, worth staying in a tree over. Well, it was think, quite a bit bigger than what I had. So, uh, you get this in your head, you know. If I just and it was late season, seven degrees, oh. and I get in at like two thirty, and I'm just two thirty in the down, morning. Yes, and I'm bundled up, and I'm thinking this thing's gonna, you know, be beyond that marsh, and then I'm gonna get him trickling off because I can never get him. Yeah, coming off and. The one day he didn't show, and it just broke my back, and that's all I had for the rest. Oh, I just could. I mean, I just, I just kind of gave did up. Did you sleep, or did you just stay there? Cold? I was kind of in that, like a, a, a buck in his bedding area, now, <laughs> you know, strapped again there, so You're it would fall out, and oh, you trying to keep. You couldn't sleep in that. It was so cold, and it was like just. I just got to make it to sun up. He'll, he'll come in a little later, be staging, and then at, right at dawn, he'll be just coming back to his bedding area. I'm gonna get him, and it just, it didn't work out. Oh, but I, I tried, you know. That's um, a cool story, though. What's uh, the earliest you've ever got in after one? I mean, have they're you really, ever had that relatable? Really, have ever what? Had that, like, relatable type situation where you had to get in at 2.30 yeah, in the morning? It's, a light, it's late ab- when he gets absolutely in. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so the late, the <laughs> earliest not. I've ever got in on a buck was by accident on daylight savings time. So that, that, to too? <laughs> that was a nightmare of a morning because I was, like, feeling ambitious and I was in a good spot. And I was like, oh, man, I got... I got this good spot picked out. The deer's going to die. So I'm like, I'm going to get in there this. a little early, you know. And so I got up a little early for what I thought. And I sleep in a trailer, like, in the woods, you know. And I'm, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I didn't know it was daylight saving time. My alarm was still set for the same time. Yeah. And, of course, it was like we had a wicked temperature drop. So I'm out there, and I'm fucking just freezing. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, where's the sun? Where's the <laughs> when sun? When is it going to get light? Yeah, when is it going to get light out? And it felt like it was about four hours before the sun came up. It yeah. wasn't, but that was the earliest. I've, so it would have been like That's two fun. hours before That's daylight. That's hilarious. It's like we the longest. Were, That's brutal. And I left because I was so pissed, and I probably could have shot that deer if I would have stuck around. 
Well, I think Chandler last year, he killed a double drop, like mid-90s buck. And before he had killed him, didn't you go in real early? Like two, three hours before daylight? So... You know what a lot yeah. of a lot of these like elk hunters do? I, no whitetails I've ever heard, but they'll literally go in in these huge herds and they sleep overnight in where they're going to be in the morning because they can't get in to get them, so they're right. there. But, they're camping uh, on the ground. Normally, or not a, not a thing to try with them. But he talked about that daily and same time. I forgot all about that. There was a pro staff guy that we went in with. It was going to rain. <laughs> it was early. We we're on a water hole because um, it was really dry, and then all of a sudden it, the storms were going to come, so we wanted to hunt that before. Yeah. And we're, like, up there and pitch black. And I'm like, geez, when is this freaking sun going to come? All of a sudden it starts raining and pouring. We're drenched. And it's still black out. I'm like, dude, this ain't the right time. We were, <laughs> That's we're hilarious. Man, that must, must and have we been a warm in, year. We went in real early. We went in real early for that. Uh, uh, that, that was in Illinois, actually, too. So, um, Or the, the alarm was off or whatever it was. It was just too... He just got in earlier. I've, yeah. I've done it to where I get up thinking, uh, get up before my alarm thinking I'm late, and then realize like almost all the way there. I'm like, oh shit, I'm like way earlier. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Just and dude, I know, my I know guys trance. that swear by that. They go in purposely two hours uh, before. Yeah, and they're I, that set. Can, that can wear you out. Though. Yeah, but it could it, it could get you a, a big deer too, right? That's true. Up, you know, so very yeah. true. Yeah, I I mean, there's you know, it depends too. Like at your equipment, I mean. You know, I if you're, like if you're not running time. a custom gear setup, it might take you take two hours long. to set yeah. your stand up. You might want to be so there. You might, <laughs> you might need a lot of time. Where <laughs> you're set up that right at shooting, you're set that you can if something does come through. Because a lot of yeah. times a big deer will come right just before. Yep. Right, um, right when Cody's summer. getting out of bed to get there yeah. so he doesn't yeah. have to use a headlamp. Dude, there's been, yeah, there's been a lot of times. There's been a lot of times. Uh, and I don't know. It's just something about me. I don't know why. I don't adjust for this, but... There's been a lot of times I've been halfway up a tree, and and yeah, just sat can. there and let a shooter walk by, oh. like just like and that's happened to me multiple times. I'm not gonna go crazy. And, I'm not gonna go crazy and say like seven or eight times, but I can recall three times. One was actually on that stand that I set up on Level B Road. I got there and I was just you know walking up the road, <laughs> and it and this was like a thirty foot tall cedar, like it was tall, but oh, there right, yeah, right, there right. was a rock bluff right behind it, and I knew deer were coming off the rock bluff, so I wanted to get my wind above the rock bluff that yeah. was like forty feet. So I'm like cl- climbing, so it was so high I took a break mid climb. I'm just like okay, let me just let me just chill here for Take a second. The opposite of these low sets that we do, yeah. <laughs> catch my breath. Were you low when you killed your buck, Kurt? You're trying yeah. to give me shit. <laughs> Cody's Dude, 85 this, foot. Well, this is if you've seen this situation, and actually, yeah, there, you sense, know, sense. there's a whole there's a whole story to this too. This draw is so wonky with the wind. You, you need to be high, like you cannot get away with a low yeah. stand right yeah. in this spot. So it just needed to be that way, and I knew that. So, but anyway, I was halfway up, and I could just hear the, and I'm just like, oh shit! And I knew ex- as soon as I heard the weight and the pattern of that. I was like, I was literally sitting there like, I don't even want to look at this. I'm not yeah, I was just sitting just there like this, get like, out of here, I, and letting it come. <laughs> and I just, I, I kind of glanced down, and I'm like, <sighs> and it was that big one that we had all those scrape videos oh, of. Tank. It, it, I mean, it, it was just, and I let him go, or I, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't do anything. He, he, he left, yeah. and then I just sat there like, but I still, yeah, I'm still late all the time. <laughs> it's so. fine, man. I mean, you obviously haven't it, had a problem with it over the years, but. I mean, imagine what you could kill. And the downside of that is when the deer are moving later, yeah, it's brutal to get in there in that cold weather yes. two, two yeah. hours before sun up and just see. It's yeah. like I ain't for, got it in me, man. It's for just, me to be efficient, I need to be constantly on the go. Like it's something about like needing to make a 
It's how I your don't brain know. functions. Dude, I don't know just, what it is, but like, yeah. if I'm not like, oh shit, I got to get in the woods in 30 like minutes. a gambler that really wants to lose, <laughs> not win the game. He wants that punishment. It's, it's the, That's like, the turn on. Yeah, yeah. It's like you your wait, anxiety. Wait, wait, all right. You just, you might have just. Well, are, huh? Oh, you didn't know that about you? Well, I knew that about you. You're a little on. We have an intervention right now? Oh my God. Some people that, something just clicked in me. Like, do I want to fail? Is that what I'm trying to do? Is that what's got me hooked to deer hunting? Is yeah. it is it the fail? Self sabotage. You do you do my oh my, God. my father yeah. was a gambler. He really didn't want to win. He just wanted that punishment his entire life. There you go. Genetic. Don't ever gamble. Wow, that's probably the same way. <laughs> I might have just I might have just learned something about myself. But you won't change. That's what yeah, we're here for. I learned it too. You won't change. You're still. No. I always. Why do you? But, do you guys? But, any of you guys do this? Yeah, but you scout out all these spots. You got one that's red hot, you know, is it for tonight. Yeah. But you leave it for the next day and you go to your second choice for some that happened, that happens twisted more often than I like to admit. reason. Well, there's, why wouldn't you go best, yeah, best, best? But there's a constant, there's an overthinking. I think a lot just. It's it, like I got this ace in the hole. I want to do a little a lot more of people scouting over, here. And I'm a textbook overthinker. But, um, <laughs> Dude, but normally. You for sure are, but I am too, I think. But I don't do it a lot with hunting. It's I, weird. I, I'm bad with hunting because. My dad will be like, stick with your first fucking game yeah. plan and go there. And yeah. I'm like, you're right. Do you ever okay. second guess your set when you're up in a tree? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I overthink a lot of things. Oh, I don't. Maybe I, five times in my life I second guessed where I was sitting. Right. And almost was going to tear down and get out of there. And I was right. That, <laughs> it, was, it was a spot. and I. That says a lot, big, though. Because in your head, yeah, your when, set is... That's the it's, it's but when it's, you that's go a ten out of a ten when you're sitting yeah. like you think it's but gonna, when you go to your less effective spot and you're not in the right spot you don't see anything how do you know your set was on point you don't right. so I mean it's like right but you well, should have been well you got to know from no well, yeah experience you, you, of you know when I but, see a spot I know but if it's red hot or not you're right, second yeah. guessing th- there's been times where th- no th- there's there's definitely been times and I've just learned I, g- I guess trust what I'm doing but. There's tons of times that I set up a tree stand because I just I'm constantly moving in my mind. I'm I'm thinking like a chess game, yeah, which sometimes it's yeah. not good. There's I, not, I, not when your dad's see, trying to hunt the same property. See, but there's there's <laughs> the there's competition. There's like I, I mean, was usually the one burning it up. I mean, a bunch of times a year, I'm sitting in a tree stand and I'm like, God damn, I'm like, what I should have been right there. I should you know maybe my set should have been right there. And then yeah. and then a good one walks by, dead to rights, fifteen yard, and it just makes me you know it. it Solidifies my choice, but I think if you're not, man, if you're not, well, you, if it, you're not second guessing yourself at some in some like way or shape or form, yeah, are you really work trying to work at it that hard in your mind? I, I agree with you. I think almost a hundred percent of that statement because uh, Chandler and I talk a lot about just game plans and strategy. Like when I killed Creepy, you, you in your head you're like. I'm doing, from what information I have, I thought, I'm doing... Stick with the facts. I, I, I'm sticking with what I know, what information he's given me, what I put together for the puzzle. I'm going in, this is the best odds sit that I could possibly put the best odds in my favor. Because it's never guaranteed, it's all situational with what you got. Right. And so then, was, then I go in and kill him, and I'm like, I need to give myself a little more credit for right. shit I do, instead of second-guessing myself, but then I'm always trying to improve. So what I was laughing about a little bit, a guy was doing an article years ago, and I used to make the statement I'd scout these deer out and surgically remove them from the face of the earth. That's how precise into the time and Damn. everything. So one time he was giving me an interview, what about a situation like this? And I says, there's sometimes you just got to get try and get shitty. And he's like, 
what do you mean <laughs> shitty? Like, you know, from a guy that's precision this and that. And, uh, right, right. Uh, it's that, that whole rut scenario with like a wood Dude, lot and getting the, yeah. you know, it's. Dang, I like that, though. Mix there's it up a way and to put just that. go for broke. That's a cool way to put that. I like that a lot. Uh, Surgically remove. From the face of you, yeah. Get in there and. Dude, I don't know. Let's do That's, somebody's. Well, yeah. the, the, I think that is what will truly hook you is when you really, you know, a lot of when people have that, success. I'm a pump. The, a lot of people have success throwing a dart at the wall, and that can happen, and that's kind of every year. November. But, yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. All well, right. Good point. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I would almost bet, maybe I'm wrong, that deer that you just seen that Dad was holding, uh, which is a slammer, I would be willing to bet that that is not, that doesn't mean nearly as much to you as that 180 oh. on the wall right there. He just. Right. I was just gonna say. I don't know if I should say it, but you're gonna you're gonna see something in this show. Of this, I am a control freak. I like to control the situations, manipulate that, and be surgically removed the deer. Yep. I was so jacked. There's not a piece of footage after I shot this deer because I thought it was a deer I was after. Mm-hmm. When I got down and seen the deer it was at. You're not going to see any beauty shots of this where we hold it with the camera and talk about it. I was so freaking defeated. This is literally my first rut buck where this shitty thing just came along and I got my crack at it. And it's a decent deer, don't get me wrong, but it does not have, like but, like he talks about, but you, you yeah. hunt a specific deer down. Yeah, you take a deer off the wall here that's big but significantly smaller than that. That you that you hunted down. I mean, it's it's a different. There's more precision into the game plan on it. An entire season, the last day of yeah. the season, and that's a that great. That was e- the most rewarding. He's just buck out of frame but. and chase that I've ever had. You know, so it's a we'll great talk example. About those. And that's why I like um, sitting here next to you guys because I feel like I applied what I've learned from becoming good friends with you, Cody, and then getting to know you better and better, and and with the, these podcasts, that's, I applied. What I've learned by just having general, you know, on the podcast or off the podcast to kill that buck I called creepy because, you know, that book's going to mean when yeah when you so much more to you me because you hunted him down and killed him yeah and it was what even made me feel even a little cooler and kind of like just kind of like man I did it you know is I was messaging the working class bow hunter we have like a Facebook chat with all we call them the WCBOGs like guys that were just around from the beginning of of the podcast. I was like, hey, I'm going in to kill Creepy. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, two hours later, I'm like, Creepy's dead, you yeah. know? So, yeah. so years ago, it used to be old Mossy Horns. Remember that? There was always everybody would hunt, and there'd be this buck that nobody could Yep. Nobody could get. I used to love to get access to spots like that and to be able to go after that yeah. that, that mythical yeah. deal that, you know, you, That's you the couldn't best get part. and the hunt them mi- down. The you know? mystery and the, the aura. And, yeah. <laughs> the purple <laughs> aura to these giant deer. <laughs> The prince, dude, they do have an aura about them, man. When you, they do, when you, when you well, see a deer, that what's that? So, so the one that I we talked about the horrible early season I had. Mm-hmm. This was probably there's a buck out here right now. It's been the most rewarding, challenging chase the whole season. Where screwed up a number of times, couldn't catch up to him, and he he beat me now early season here. And man, it was a thrill to have something you wanted and something you couldn't get. But you tried yeah. your, your best, so it was. Um, I mean, that's what lights me up. It's, it's, it's what makes I'm it, looking for for a challenge, not something to just drop over dead on, right? And, yeah, and be able I mean, to harvest. Nobody'd be obsessed with it the way we're all obsessed with it if it was yeah. easy. Yeah, no, I mean, don't you know? get me wrong. Yeah, you, you're jacked when you get one down. But You'll take nothing, it when it comes easy. There's nothing like you know filling a tag at the end of a gruesome season, looking for a certain deer, like even that drop that drop time buck from a couple of years ago, Mister Clean, like yeah. a deer that, that was, was a, a that was around that. 
you know, know, both of us made the the decision to mm-hmm. not shoot. <laughs> that it, I mean, well, early on, he beat on, me twice uh, that season. That I would have shot dude, that deer it was that, that big, and he beat me twice, and then he ends up getting it. You know, I mean, so. it's just, <laughs> but like when when you have that, it just it, it makes it more. It's just yeah. yeah. But so if cool, I mean, so picture this, you know, 180 coming in on you. You got this thing. He's coming to a scrape your manipulator and everything. You you got this setup. You know you're going to kill him. Yeah. Who would think that two raccoons would happen to just come walking <laughs> down a trail and be playing around at the base of your tree while this deer is starting to come in and, and everything's starting to fall apart? And I said, you got to be kidding me. Dude, okay. it, it's <laughs> I mean, eating it's raccoon, like, man. Dude, oh, it's, 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 it's not over till it's over. And exactly. Lot, there's a lot of times that... So many outside uh, factors that can fuck oh, shit my, up. How many yeah. times have you already had a deer mounted on a wall that you, you, you were just yeah. ready to shoot me? You thought, we, I got this thing and... Picking we, the pose. We talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that the other day. I missed. No, I shot a deer in the leg at six yards. Six yards, dude. And it was a tank. Double split brows, just freaking just. T- I'm like, he can't. I, you know, I mean, sitting where I was sitting, I mean, I, I seen him, got the camera on him. Like, everything played out in my head. It was over. Yeah. I, w- I was having coffee in the house. <laughs> And I and I drew back. I don't even, you know, I I don't really aim too much. Like I, I think it. Instinct- are kind of instinctive. In yeah, a way. but you know, in shooting one pin and kiss your button, no peep, whatever. But something, I just it happened way too quick. And then when that deer, when I shot him, I'm looking for him to fall, and he's standing there holding his leg up, just square. I'm like, you could have shot him again, probably if you were. Thinking. Oh, I, I could have, I could have, but I'm thinking like, oh, you know, he's done. boom, he's done. You, you got it. You, you, you got to stay in it, man. Yeah. It stay in it till it's over because that's tough to do though. Sometimes you know, it is. Well, your head just gets crazy shot. sometimes when that stuff Dude. happens. You know, you're not thinking clearly, and you look back and you're like, I mean, I shoot a peep. It blows my mind that you don't. But we've had that conversation oh, yeah. before. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting it this year, but it's going to cost right. me a bit. You think? I don't. I think but, it did already, but I'm but not going to say anything about it. <laughs> oh come on! You hear guys say that? That was like I don't remember looking through my peep, and it's like. Fuck yeah! I mean, yeah. you got you if you're know, set up right, right. You got mixed up in the moment, you know. It's I don't know. I do things a certain way to keep me conscious through my shot. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little brass knock and I, the way I anchor, and then I use a back tension release in the stand. So it yeah. forces me yeah, to. You gotta, it forces me to check shooter. the boxes before I. But shoot. I got to bring this up. What happened early this year? Uh oh. I don't Someone, know what you're talking about. We don't know about. You, didn't didn't you have didn't you have one close? Didn't your peep sight pop out of your yeah, screen like you, mine did this year? It was laying no. on the ground. I'm looking for my peep sight. Where, where, where's the peep? It's on the ground. Somewhere. No, because you you were going to bring that up on the last podcast. You're like, yeah, you had a mishap. And I'm like, I don't. Oh, I thought you had a mishap like, no. with your with your sight or something. Or you were. Uh-uh. Oh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going me? crazy. You're a liar. It was probably me. I swear. No, I don't know. It, it was probably me. I've had everything happen this year. Yeah, but, no, I was well, it wasn't good. me with the, where the peep fell out of the string or something. I mean, there's. Yeah, he. I come in the barn. Okay, this is just this is a cool story. I come in the barn, right? Out from a hunt, I'm getting ready to go go back. He's looking around in the rocks, and I'm like, "What do you do? My goddamn peep fell out! Like, help me find it!" And I got to get out in the woods, and I'm like, "Dude, I can't help you find your peep right now. Like, it's a needle in a haystack." And he's and then he gets That's pissed crazy. at me because I'm going out to the woods. He's like, "Goddamn, I'm I can't find at, my peep." I'm pissed at myself. I've been messing around with stuff that could happen like that. It's more shit to go uh, around. Did I, you, I, did I you ever that. find it in the rocks? Yes, I did, um, dude. I, and I served that thing in now, and you can't yeah, rip that out. Of I that always have mine tied in. I always tie my peep in. I always tie that little cable yeah, that comes off your drop wire rest. That in. gets tied oh, in, dude. That, but it's something that can't go wrong. And low light conditions. Um, yeah, uh, and my yeah. peeps probably not set up like yours, where everything's lying right up. I have to really physically 
consciously line everything and then I'm kind of a freak about my setup, yeah, man, because I have to have that anchor to the corner of my mouth. I touch yeah. my tip of the nose on the string. I anchor my peep up with my sight housing so it's perfectly round, and then I have... You got a foolproof process. Yeah, I shoot I mean, a back tension go, release with a click. Back. I gotta go back to old see, school. See, but that's the thing. You take a guy who's been hunting for 50 years without a peep. It's hard to rewire, yeah. It is a little hard. And most if, of the deer I shoot so, are moving. So I learned yeah. this... I learned it's this, instinctive, almost. like I learned this from yeah. a bowler. All right, you ready for this? Hit me with it. I think... I, I don't know how this applies. I want to. I want to try and whitetail hunting. Huh? Okay, I, I want to hear. Yeah, this. listen, this is good. So, and I, I'm, I really want to get the right number. Somebody's going to be like, "That's bullshit." It's this number, but this is a fact. It takes, I think it was like 374 times to develop a habit. So, and 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 he and he, you know, kind of, you know, like when you roll a ball, right? Like your release. I'm sure it's the same with swinging a bat. It's the same with shooting a bow. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not it that. takes a certain amount of time. To really, like, like get that habit oh, to in oh, to make it yeah right, not yeah, wrong okay. exactly yeah. yeah to correct the bad habit like so like you know he asked me he said what do you do when you get in the shower and I'm like well, what do you mean what do I do and I start washing my body he's like well what do you start washing first and I'm like <laughs> that's good. I, that's good. listen dude I don't know what you're getting <laughs> right here. listen but I'm like yeah. well I I wash my hair first I get he's like okay he's like how many times he's like I want you to start washing your feet first thing when you get in the shower <laughs> you know how long it would take. For that to de- for you to develop that habit. Oh, because you've done that all your life. Exactly. Yeah. I- I've been washing my hair first thing when I get in. Even if I don't have any hair, when I have my hair shaved, my head yeah. shaved, I'd lather that bitch up and soap it up. Yeah. But it's just. I get what you're saying. It takes so a how long you like- time to get out of of what you're doing into a new into a new habit. And like I said, I don't know why yeah. I'm going. I'm going for that uh, maybe that longer, more accurate shot. But anyhow, with the uh, and with the new bowl setup. How would you like to have a bowl set up where that's all you have to do is get that kisser to the corner of your mouth? Just rip that bowl back and just watch the deer go by. Pick a spot and just let it rip without even thinking about anything. Well, it's like an instinctive. It's and you don't even remember it happening, and the arrow it's, hits right where you want it to go. Yeah. It's like shooting a recurve with a compound. It's scary. Right, yeah. But, but you was, have to have that confidence in your mind because when you start – See me, yeah. it would happen. He he used to do that's, it. I think intentionally. Decades and decades of use. You know? Yeah, and to right. me, it, it used to happen, and I didn't. I didn't want it to happen, but in the moment, things would happen fast, and then you you think back, like, did I look at? No, I don't remember looking at my pin. Like, what the hell? What was right. I thinking? But it went right where you wanted it to. And when I started shooting a recurve a little bit, it clicked in my head, and I think I think that the process of a recurve is is fascinating. Oh like, yeah, like there is no doubt, like. I mean that you look at like Indians back in the day, you know, or a guy who's making a bow out of a tree, and he right. t- and and you become so in tune with something, and I guess it's, it's like just, an extension of you at that. Oh, point, Oh, dude, you know? and, and it's just it's it, really cool. It's like, crazy how your it's crazy how your body can actually or how your mind and your eyes can do that. But yeah, when you get that accurate with something like that, it is just like, dude, that is just for sure. I, but I that to is me archery insane. and I feel. Kind of the comparison between you and I, we're the same age, kind of had the same, been hunting about the same time, where it's like, I'm more, you're more into killing the deer, <laughs> yeah. which is what we're here to do, so I, I, and I have that also, but I feel like I'm a little more into the archery, archery yeah. lane yeah. of things 100%. to where, like when you came to the working class shoot last summer. You guys like to shoot. I love to shoot my bow. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm that was, like. That was I'm, the first time I've ever shot a 3D target. Yeah, and you actually, or, you killed it for not having a peep and. 
only having like basically side into one distance. Yeah. Um, I did 10 ring a muley at like 60 yards. It was impressive. But that was, it, I mean, it was. But the white till at six. Yeah. But, but close the deal. Hit him in the leg. Hit him in the leg. Dick bag over here has got to <laughs> gotta bring that up. So. Old dick bag. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, to, to, you know, with that as a point, you know, yeah, I never uh, enjoyed the, ar- shooting the a ball. archery. Really, that's so interesting. Recurves though, or when we, you know, we and yeah. we all start. You didn't, did you ever? You didn't start on a recurve. You went right from compound, right? Um, I had recurve, not hunting, but just right. shooting in the in but the your barn. Generation yeah. two, did you start with recurve? Or was it comp, right to compound? Um, I had a little recurve when I was younger with my first bow, and then I got. You seen the, the one with the wheels, and you threw that thing right in the garbage. Well, I just <laughs> well, not, I mean, yeah, I kind of, but yeah. I do have a recurve now that I play around with from time to time, but. Uh-huh. I just love the compound, just that feel when it yeah. rolls over and anchors back, and then the whole process well, of squeezing yeah, out a shot like, and watching it drop into the center dot is just amazing. And we started fingers. Mm-hmm. So it was a yeah. compound bow, but it was just fingers, yeah. one pin. You were shooting like it was like it was a longbow or something. So, yeah. um, I mean, it. it but th- that's the thing. Like, in, And maybe it's watching him. or I remember I have vivid memories of you shooting. Like we're in the middle of the city. Him shooting from the street through like <laughs> a blind for elk through a blind alley <laughs> into the garage in, into the into the garage, <laughs> and I have vivid memories of this. So I mean, I remember you shooting, but like me coming up as a hunter and me in the woods, it's always been like, okay, well, this bow is just something that's helping me kill this deer. Yeah, it's a yeah. tool. It, it, it's never been like like I've never been real. This year is the first year that I've actually had a bow that somebody would look at and be like, oh, it's a sharp bow. Otherwise, my bow is taped. It's painted. It yep. looks like shit. Yeah, people see uh, my people see my bow and they're like, "What did did you just <laughs> did you just get a brand new bow and did you just spray paint it?" What did you say when, green? You, when you busted the bow out at the at the shoot and we we're getting ready to walk the walk the course? You're like, "I've never seen a look of disappointment on anyone's face more than the look I had looking at your bow, <laughs> dude." People, I showed up at this shoot and people were like waiting to see what came out of the case. Like they were like, <laughs> "What's well, Cody got? Yeah, what is he using? What is in there like a low bow in, there? in this piece of?" <laughs> Shit. Well, not not piece no, of shit, but I mean it's just, just tattered. Yes, a tattered, used, custom, old, customized. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a rat rod. It is, is what it was. It was a it's rat a, rod. It's a rat rod. Rat and rod at like a custom. I'll never forget my buddy who shoots professional archery. But when I got my bow <laughs> brand new, it had this like it, this was a couple years ago. It was a brand new and it had like this ghost flame camo on it, like some some company's new thing. And I went to True Value. And I got a can of of Rust-Oleum textured green, and I just (laughs) fucking just sprayed it. And he was like, what what are you doing? He's like, what did you just do to that bow? And I'm like, well. You need those flames. Yeah, I'm like, 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 what do you mean? I'm like, this thing looks awesome now. I taped, like, there was tape hanging off it, and he's like, dude, I can't even. Mr. Custom. I can't even believe. uh, Hey, did you put the stabilizer on? I just, Yes. For a long time, or just this no, year? No, I just got a stabilizer. What's a stabilizer? Yeah, no, no, I <laughs> got a stabilizer I now. I got a stabilizer now. What do you well, need a stabilizer for to shoot a deer at 15 I, yards? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, but can't argue to, with that, that To one. that point, I had fun shooting the bow, and I got a bow that's a little bit more set up now. Yeah. And I'm probably going to I'm gonna try and start shooting more. Are you going to spank everybody at the shoot this year? Yes. Mark my words. Okay. No. I think <laughs> we I think we close the podcast <laughs> on that right, right there. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. See you guys at ATA. We're going to be at Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska, yes. the weekend after ATA. That's like January seventeenth, seventeenth, yeah. and yeah. then after that, Harrisburg. I Harris- won't. We won't be. I won't be at oh, Harrisburg. Yep. Yep. But um, if they go to custom gear, you know, we yeah, got we a got a show circuit on full there, show can... schedule for the the winter and the spring. Yep. Des Moines, Iowa's 
first weekend first of March. First weekend of March. We'll yep. be there. And then we got Peoria, Illinois this year on the docket. Peoria, Columbus, Ohio, Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. Man, a lot of shows. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. It's uh, it's going to be fun, though. So come out, say hello. and uh, Merry Christmas. Thanks for viewing. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Yep. Leave a comment. And good luck to you for the remainder of the season. Yep. All good? You want to close her out with your thing? Oh, I forgot my thing. It's you said go work everything. for it. Oh, go work for it. I'll say, do go, it. I'll say go shoot your bow, and then Andre's got <laughs> to he's howl. just got to grunt. Hunt the rut. Get shitty. <laughs> All right. Later.